Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It would be like a typical um, Saturday for us, just like they would have free time back home. And so whatever they do, they do. But they know that we're keeping the schedule the same. They wake up in the morning and um, they're able to, we'll, we'll have our mock game in the morning. And then they have that time there to, to get away, which is fine. They need that. They deserve that. Uh, and then at nighttime, we'll have our meetings just like we always do. And then it's a long day on, on Sunday. So they've, we've prepped them on everything. So now it's just a matter of how do they handle it individually. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Jolly good show. How's the bloke doing across the pond? Hello, I'm doing just fine, gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. London is, it is, um, today is a cool, somewhat overcast, maybe even a little bit drippy of a day. But all is good here in London, England. It is a day for the Bears to do what they want to do. I've been I've been all over the place today in terms of like being down in the lobby and walking around a little bit. And you know, every time I'm in the lobby, I see players coming and going. So if they are taking in the sights or actually doing things, whether that's just simply shopping or enjoying themselves, walking about the city, today is the day to do that. Mark Grody joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. We're talking with him about Bears Raiders, uh, and we're talking with him on the score. Hey, Mark, I got a question even before we talk football. I'm not really sure where that guy who, who's sort of like a sentry, he's dressed up in red, and he's got like uh, the Elks Club hat on, on his head from uh, Jack. He's, where is that? He's a beef eater. He's a beef eater. Okay, whatever. You know, you know what I'm talking about. He's very staunch. You know, he doesn't smile or anything, and he just marches back and forth. I'm just curious, and a lot of people try and go and make him laugh and sort of get him out of character. <laughs> yeah. have, have you tried that one yet? I have not. So I've been mostly business since I got here. Oh, I am, though, yes. planning on – I am not just planning. I will be here during the bye week when everybody's gone and I will actually be on holiday, as they say here in, in Great Britain. So that's when I'll get to do all the touristy, silly stuff like that. So I really don't have any tales of London as of yet. Oh, I can't wait to hear you, hear from you next week. All right, a serious football question. Who wins tomorrow? What's the score? Ooh, wow. Coming, up, coming out hot. Yeah. I Big like one. it. Big Boom. one. I, you know what? I think this is a 24-10 Bears win. I do believe that there is a – I'm going to go with a Kyle Fuller pick six in this game. I think that that is going to happen. I also think that Roquan Smith, as he returns to play, will jolt the ball out of tight end Darren Waller's uh, mitts at some point in time, and the, there will be a scoop. The Bears will get the ball down to the 10-yard line. And then they'll run some something funky down down there with Tariq Cohen scoring for. So there's two of your touchdowns and a score just like that. How'd you like that? I'm going to the betting window on your advice. The only thing that would be better, and I think it's going to happen because Matt Nagy's aware of all these things, 
is they're going to run the Oakland special, and Khalil Mack will score that touchdown on offense. I love that idea. I always said last year when the Bears ran all these trick plays, uh-huh. and there were some really great ones like Akeem Hicks getting into the end zone, like Cohen throwing to um, Anthony Miller for a touchdown in that Giants game, which was ultimately a loss. You know, the Bradley Sowell catch in the end zone, I guess that was Santa Slay. But the nuclear option, the big one always would have been uh-huh. if Khalil Mack was to score a touchdown and there would be no better scenario under which number 52 was to get his butt into the end zone than against the team that traded him, John Gruden, the Oakland Raiders. Like the way you're thinking, Stevie. Yeah, I'm just thinking showtime. That's the way it goes. We're talking with Mark Grody. He's in London, Bears and Raiders tomorrow at uh, noon o'clock, actually. The uh, 24 hours from now, they'll be kicking off in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Have you seen that stadium, by the way? For, for the American if, football as opposed to the European or the rest of the world's version of football? I have not. I A couple of our engineers, the Zerangs, the famous Zerang The flying Zerang brothers? Yeah, little Z. Um, Big and, Z, middle Z. And, right, right. Just a bunch of Zerangs are out there, and they sent me some <laughs> pictures. It, uh, it looks adorable. The stadium is similarly attendance- uh, to the Chicago Bears because it's 62,062. So they can't hold uh, a Super Bowl in Tottenham Spur <laughs> Stadium either, huh? This is true. That, right. And they do not have a roof, which would preclude them from doing that, I, presumably as well, because yeah. I, would, I guess I'm guessing it's pretty cold um, in January here in London. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the stadium looks like. This will have been the first ever National Football League game played there. They had, had intended on having a game there last year or maybe in the preseason, but they were behind schedule in terms of getting the field up to scope. So this this will be the first one. Um, so, yeah, and I have heard interesting things, too, about the crowds, that it's, it like I guess, like the way soccer crowds are, that they are kind of cheering the entire time. And, and obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious to people, but they they love the kicking. So Eddie Pinheiro, <laughs> Eddie Pinheiro, the ex-Oakland Raider, by the way, oh. will be a popular man. And already was yesterday, actually, when the Bears practiced at a rugby stadium. He was already very popular with the London media on that day. He had the big the big crowd around him, and it wasn't all the usual American faces. It would, it would chat up the kicker. It would make the locals very happy if there was a double doink. I don't know about the people back oh, here, but geez. listen, they like kicking. That would be a real kick for them. Yes. Um, who, who's not playing tomorrow? We already know that Gabriel's not playing. Who else is not going to play? And of the guys that are questionable, which direction do you think Nagy is uh, is leaning towards? Yeah, that's the that's the the real question right there, David. As you just asked, you know, who, who of the questionable guys who is going to play? Because we already know that Mitchell Trubisky is out. You mm-hmm. already know that Taylor Gabriel is out, and Bilal Nichols and Ted Larson and all those guys. We knew that, but now. The big one tomorrow, obviously, is going to be Akeem Hicks and whether or not he plays. He did practice on a limited basis for the first time this week yesterday. I've been watching him since he got here to the team hotel where I am right now. When he walked in, he did not appear to be favoring anything. I mean, it looks like he's moving fine. 
um, and the, in the limited time we got to watch him in practice yesterday, he looked fine as well. But everything is kind of in slow motion, at least the portion that we got to see. So it's it's kind of hard to tell. But he was participating, you know, in team drills with the rest of the defensive linemen and seemingly doing all the same things that they were doing. So I think that that suggests good things possibly for Akemix. I also don't think David. This is one of those cases where I can't imagine they would bring Akeem Hicks on the airplane for that far of a flight if they didn't have a really strong feeling that he was going to play in the game tomorrow. Um, the other guy that had been questionable, and now I can't, I, barring any kind of setback at this point, you will see Kyle Long playing. And then Roquan Smith is the other one. We finally got, for the first time since this whole ordeal, which was last uh, week when the when Roquan Smith ended up not playing against the Minnesota Vikings. We had somebody say something succinct and con- concrete about it, and that is, according to Matt Nagy, that, that Roquan Smith, barring a setback, he will play in this game this week against the Oakland Raiders. Mark Rodney's in London. We're talking Bears football here on The Score in Chicago. Um, Roquan Smith, when he first faced questions, I, was, I thought I was hearing a faint version of Patrick Kane's press conference i mean he even roquan smith even thanked somebody for asking a question the way yes. patrick Kane did and and i wish i could answer it for you it's personal questions in the past and he just and i don't think it's any coincidence that brandon faber was with the blackhawks at that time i don't i believe and i think he's with the bears now and i think there was similar coaching going on which was if you're the team that's a smart way to handle it whatever the public or media has a right to know it's what they decide to tell them at least that's the way it goes but that's what it i had the whiff of that kind of press conference and we're going to try to lock it down as as best we can and i don't know if that struck you but i also recalled roquan smith was the guy who lost his playbook and part of the Mm -hmm. police report for losing that electronic playbook that ipad included that roquan smith had his car packed, came back to it, thought he might have left it unlocked at 3 in the morning after he was out with some friends, came back to do something at the car, left it unlocked, and when he came back later that day to leave to drive to Chicago, that was missing. But not much else was. So we never got any kind of solid answers on what happened between, say, midnight and 6 in the morning that night when he lost his playbook. So I, I thought of that, too. I don't know if I'm, I'm connecting dots that don't need to be connected, but those are a couple of things that struck me listening to Roquan Smith say nothing. I thought about that, too. I mean, I think that that's a normal... I think that's some normal dot connecting, actually, Steve Rosenblum, because <laughs> you had... I mean, like, you have to look at the whole picture, like, when you're trying to investigate this and trying to find out what happened, because, quite frankly, the Bears have done a very good job of staying tight-lipped. You don't have anybody talking about this or whispering and, you know, giving you a little bit of a scoop on mm-hmm. anything. We're all having to do our own investigating. So, naturally, you think back to that. And the funny thing about that is... You know, he he had his playbook stolen, yet he was apologizing to everybody. He had a he had a press conference, and and I, I don't remember his exact words, but they were something to the effect of "I apologize," and we're moving past this, and 
you know, that kind of thing. I mean, he was contrite about that. And, and I remember being struck then, like, why is he apologizing if he was robbed? Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, something, you know, and we don't know. It's all speculation. And then as far as the cane, I, I actually thought the same thing, too, because I did hear I did hear him thanking people. I don't know if that's, you know, necessarily the Blackhawks way or if that's I sort of think that's just the public relations playbook that people use in those scenarios. Like it's sort of like the player or the subject saying, I understand why you're asking, but I am politely going to continue to say the same thing over and over. Like, you know, something is amiss here. I get why you're all here. I appreciate you asking, but I ain't going to say nothing. So, um, yeah, I did. And I, I can't, I have no, like, concrete dots to connect or anything that would, <laughs> um, you know, um, to you know, prove those dots. But, yeah, of course, I Better call him back. All right. Mike, flip that off, Mike Chen, and call him back because I have some other questions. Speaking of, um, we'll we'll get back to Bears football, but he's in in London, and this is the 50th anniversary, not just of the Cubs collapse in 69, as a texter noted, but this is the 50th anniversary of the Beeb, the BBC airing Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> this was their debut. Monty Python's Flying Circus. Every sperm is sacred. <laughs> Every sperm is great. We have the real version of that, but it just struck me that we're talking we're talking to Britain. Is he there? Is he there? Are we going to do this grody thing? Hello, governor. Yeah. All right, we're just talking about Monty Python's Flying Circus, 50th anniversary that they first appeared on the Beeb over oh, there. Oh, nice. Yes. So we were. everybody should sing Every Sperm is Sacred, because I think it's the way Theo was saying every season's sacred when he first... <laughs> that's, that's what I kept thinking. Of course, they're not so sacred now, because nothing, nothing productive or reproductive happens. Yeah, I mean, well, I thought I remember very... Distinctly, because I was there for three years, he did say every season is sacred except for 2019. A lot of people forget oh. that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I was going to say when you go when when you do what David wants and try to make the beef eaters, the guard, the guards of Buckingham Palace laugh. Do your yeah. grover form. Do your grover <laughs> form. See if that gets him to laugh. You're a fraud. Those hats. A lot of people think that those were originally the hats that you guys wore. That's wrong. I repeat, wrong. There were people in the United States called guard slackers that used to wear those at the Lincoln Park Zoo before you guys ever did. That's good. And spell Larry Bittner's name for him because I know they love spelling <laughs> over there. There's two eyes in Bittner. You don't even know. Cricket's not a real game. It's good. And Pluto is not a planet. Yeah, and the Pluto, three. Yeah, he- in case you didn't know, Pluto's not a not planet. A planet. <laughs> you can't even do that in Grover. It's just so it's yeah. so out there, isn't it? All right, uh, I, have a, I have a comparison to make. When when Mitch goes down last Sunday and Chase Daniel comes in and you get your one touchdown, and I started thinking that Chase Daniel is going to – he's in the role of Trent Dilfer. Khalil Mack is in the role of Ray Lewis – now they need David Montgomery to be Jamal Lewis, and they have that formula. And everybody's going to tell me, well, this is a whole different world than 2,000 Ravens. Things have changed. 
And I would say the score of last year's Super Bowl, I believe, was 16-6. to six. So. Yeah. David yeah, Montgomery, I mean, can they, does Matt Nagy have it in him to believe in running the football when he's got that kind of caretaker quarterback and let the defense do what it does and they can score 40 points in the Super Bowl and win it that way? It seems like slowly but surely evolving into a different type of coach with a different type of playbook. I think it's been a painful metamorphosis for him. Uh, it, I don't think it. I don't think he likes it. I don't think it feels good. But it, it does. It does feel like every week that we see a different playbook that he's coming to grips with it and he is coming up with the right play calls. They have not gotten the run game going um, as of yet, and it seems like that's some of the same old problems. Like we all want to like David Montgomery. Um, and his ability to stay on his feet has been great, but we haven't seen him break those tackles and then get big yards. Mm-hmm. It's more like moving the pile kind of thing. So I, I still want to see him get going. The offensive line has been inconsistent. They were better in their last game, so I think that that is, is some of it, and I don't know how much of it is because Kyle Long has been banged up and not really looking like himself in terms of his actual individual blocking. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he's heading in that direction, is Matt Nagy, but I don't think he's there yet, and I, I don't think David Montgomery's anywhere near Jamal Lewis of that year with the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, Mark, uh, Derek Carr from the Raiders says that uh, Khalil Mack is one of his all-time friends. They'll be friends for the rest of their lives. I got a feeling he's going to be running for his life tomorrow. How much does Khalil Mack really, really want to not only sack him, but really sack that Raiders franchise and just put them into the ground tomorrow? I obviously we've heard Mac downplaying it because that's what you're supposed to do. That that's also in the playbook for players that when you go against your own team, it's just another game. And but I guarantee you, Mac is feeling it. I was talking to Prince of Mukamara back at Hallis Hall last week when there was a scrum around Khalil Mac, and you know he Prince was trying to peek his head in to see who it was. I go with Mac. I said he's you know playing against his old team. He goes, oh yeah, he's going to want to get those guys. And then I said to Prince, I was like, oh okay. Um, so you played against your ex team. When you go up against those guys, those types in those scenarios, you want a piece of them, right? He's like, oh, absolutely. He's like, you can downplay it all you want, but that he's gonna he's gonna want to show off a little bit. He's gonna want a piece of it. It's it would it would be really interesting to have seen this game, David, though, if it actually had been in, in Oakland, because yeah. that would have made it really interesting. This is a home game for Oakland. But let's face it, it's not a home game for Oakland. It's, it's, it's a neutral game. So, um, yeah, he, of course he's going to want a piece of the Raiders and David Carr and maybe a little wink towards John Gruden and upper management with the Raiders. You know what's really interesting, Mark? And I don't think, unfortunately, you'll have the pleasure or displeasure of ever ha- seeing this, but going to a Raiders game out in Oakland and watching the tailgate parties there before the game, there are some of the strangest people you will ever see tailgating Uh, It's a combination of like a a biker's, you know, kind of uh, reunion and also like a scene out of one of the Star Wars movies, you know, when they're in the bar. Yeah, it's the bar scene in Star Wars (laughs) meets Sturgis. Oh, my God. There are some very strange people there. So, unfortunately, you'll never probably experience that, but that's when you talk about strange. Unfortunately, that means he'll live. Well, because there's not going to be any more football games out in Oakland. Well, David, once they play in Las Vegas for 10 years, they'll move back to Oakland. That's right. That's You're right. That's, You're right. That's what they do. That's what they do. It's like home base. It's like, all right, this LA thing was awesome. We're going back to Oakland. <laughs> yep. So that's, that's what that franchise does. So I, I believe I will get to see it someday. Okay, fair enough. There you go. All right, Mark. Well, 
Um, and Gene and Gary, how are they? Well, Gene and Gary arrived on Monday. So Gene emailed me that yesterday, I think, and they were already packing. So, you know, they're, they're getting everything ready. We're making sure that, you know, Gary has his medicine and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Aunt Rhonda is the wild card in all of this. She's coming as well. So Gene, Gary, Aunt Rhonda, and old Mark uh, hanging out in London starting Monday. That sounds like a party. That just oh, sounds God, yeah. like a party. All right. Well, I wish you good luck. Say hi to Gene and Gary. And although I've not met Aunt Rhonda, I'm sure that she's a party too. So say hi to her, Mark. I will, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Hope everything is great in the States. It is. It's have wonderful. fun across the pond. Thank you for your insincere wishes. <laughs> hey, let's stop this goodbye. This is the longest goodbye ever. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's it. Bye. That's it. We're See done. You. We're done. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Fair. Goodbye. 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 There. All right. Okay. Smart Grody was talking some bears, and I. It, they should win, right? Yeah, they should win tomorrow. They should beat that team. And I think they're they're gonna have a home field advantage. I think they'll the Bears fans travel better than Raiders fans, right? So they, they should have uh, I don't know if Vuvuzelas Vuvuzelas are gonna drown them out, but um I believe the game's a sellout. I think they've already announced that. I'm pretty confident in saying that. You know, and then you're sort of curious, all right, how many are people from the states who traveled to and for this game? And how many are the locals who have no idea what they're going to be watching tomorrow? Or did the locals just sell out the game and then they were going to scalp the tickets to Bear fans Listen, coming over? Those Brits are pretty smart if they yeah, do that. There you go. So, did I call him Jason Verlander earlier? That's I don't know. apparently with the text line. You weren't listening, right? Of course Nobody not. Nobody listens. Well, again, that's <laughs> why we suck. The show sucks. So, you might have. Yeah. And as the texture points out, that Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander is a pretty good pitcher as well, as apparently his twin brother. Jason I wonder if Jason Verlander got a girl as good-looking as Justin Verlander did. Doubtful. Doubtful. Uh, the, so there's something else. We, we, have, we have more money, another Monty Python um, earworm for you. It's only a flesh wound. Yes, just a flesh wound. And something else British that is just sort of surprising and not surprising at the same time. And um, I have a movie review too. And we have a movie review. Look at that. Yeah. We have David Schuster Full service. In, in studio, all of it. He's, he's here for Spiegel. He's the Scherzer of Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That tune in one note, David. Well, it's a Beatles song. I'm not good on titles. What is the title? Come together. Come together. Do you know what album that is from? Uh, bum, 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 bum. It's not the White Album. Which one would it be? I don't know. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Do you know what album is number one in the United Kingdom today? That that album. Abbey Road. Okay. Almost 50 years after it was released. It was released in 69, 49 years and 252 days later, 
It is number one again. They released the 50th anniversary set, previously unreleased recording parts of the recording sessions. So Abbey Road is now number one in the United Kingdom. The Beatles have set a record. They've broken the old record that was set by the Beatles with Sgt. Pepper, which had its 50th anniversary released, and it was 49 years and 125 days. They're still printing money. Owning, owning the charts. And their music from 50 years ago is still better than all the music that's out today. I just love By far. That's just great. Bottom of the hour, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Where should you be tonight? That's right. Cheering for the Western Conference champion Wolves on opening night at the Allstate Arena. Get your tickets. Visit ChicagoWolves.com. This segment brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. That's a bargain. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. He's David Schuster. He's the Max Scherzer of Saturday Suckage, uh, coming in late for Spiegel. So Saturday Suckage is so named for a reason. Not only did I call the Astros ace pitcher Jason Verlander, but I had the score of the Super Bowl wrong. It was 13-3. to Even better to make my point. You can just go have the Bears be if, if Chase Daniel can be Trent Dilfer and Khalil Mack can be Ray Lewis – and if they ever teach, if they ever let, if they ever have David Montgomery be Jamal Lewis, they can be the 2000 Ravens and win a Super Bowl that way. And that can be done. When you're talking about a super, don't tell me the year is different when last year's Super Bowl was 13 to 3. No, the year is not different. Here's the deal on Daniel, though. I mean, he's been in the league, I believe, nine years, if I'm not mistaken. Different different path than Dilfer. Dilfer was okay. starter for bad teams, but he was a starter. But he hasn't started that many games during his nine years in the NFL. He's a backup quarterback. Five now. I, is that what it's up to now? Okay. If I remember correctly, the two games that he played in last year back-to-back, the first one, I think he was very efficient, much like he was last week. Mm-hmm. And then in the second game, Oops. I think, yeah, the second game was sort of Giants. down the hill. Yeah. He had a couple of uh, picks, and uh, so we'll see. I mean, he's not a starting quarterback, but hopefully the defense can do. The defense has forced seven turnovers the last two games. Let's face it, the Bears right now are predicated on their defense, and I don't think Oakland's going to score points on them either tomorrow. No, they should score. The Bears' defense should score. And two one nine texter is with me on uh, the fact that I think the whatever offensive gimmick Matt Nagy's going to have, and I still think Khalil Mack's going to score a touchdown on offense. You think they're going to line him up like they did Fridge at the goal line? And he thinks it, here's the scenario <laughs> from a two one nine texter: Khalil Mack with his strip sack scores uh, and and runs it in, and then. Khalil Mack to Allen Robinson in the back of the end zone on a fade. On that's, a two-point conversion? Yeah, that's Greg. <laughs> Just stay on the field. We're going to put you on offense now. Yeah, that's what he's going to stay there. Yeah, sure. It's against your old team. Yeah, go ahead and do that. So in the in Come Together, we heard the word Joker, so that leads me to your movie review. Saw the Joker. No, well, it's not the Joker. It's just Joker. Joker, not okay. the Joker. It's it's it's. it's uh, you know, I'm going to say this up front. I thought Joaquin Phoenix, who was a little bit off kilter to begin with, I think in real life, uh, he was so good playing this role of a psychotic criminal in the making, for lack of a better term. I mean, he he was wonderful from the word go throughout the entire movie. He's in every scene of the movie. The movie is about you know the 
the origin of the Joker, you know, where he starts from just a regular, I think his name is Arthur Fleck in real, his real name is Arthur Fleck. And it just shows how he continues to go downhill, downhill, downhill. It, 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 at the end of the movie, you can see where the whole origin of the Batman saga begins, but that's really not what this movie's about. This movie is about the origin of the character Joker. And yes, Heath Ledger was unbelievably good See, playing I, the part. I believe we had this discussion off the air earlier, and I believe that uh, only Heath Ledger should play the Joker. Well, he can't anymore, obviously. And only Robin Williams should play the genie in Aladdin. And I know he can't anymore. That means nobody else should. But you argued strongly well, again, about Heath Ledger against Batman. There is no <laughs> against, against Batman. Batman in this movie. This is the origin of Joker. And again, Joaquin Phoenix, who I believe... Should be. I don't know how the critics will feel, but I believe he should be up for an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. He is that good in this movie. Um, Again, he's a little off kilter to begin with, so maybe that was easy for him. What's really interesting is that he played in parts of this movie opposite Robert De Niro. And De Niro played one of the all-time nut jobs in a movie when he played Travis Bickle Mm -hmm. way back. And so you would think that he would have gleaned something by having conversations with Robert De Niro. But all the articles that I read going into this movie is that they didn't really get along either before the movie or during the filming of the movie. So I don't think he actually talked to De Niro at all about playing a character like he did in this movie. Too bad, but you know what, as far as that goes. But he he was fantastic. Why why didn't they get along based on the articles you... Well, I don't know. Personalities, why don't people get along? Well, the reason I ask is I don't know how... What kind of routine Joaquin Phoenix has as an actor. Don't know. De Niro legendarily and that's part prepares, of over-prepares, ultra-prepares, gets so lost in such detail, such minute, such um, such preparation as to make people crazy. And some directors just talk about, talk about the endless phone calls about every moment that he's on screen. They referenced that in this article in the fact that, you know, De Niro wanted to, you know, like have a bunch of rehearsals, some of the parts that yes. are in the movie. And I guess Phoenix said, nah, let's just wing it. Um, and if they winged it, they winged it pretty darn good. I mean, Phoenix is really, really, really good in this movie playing the part that he does. He's a criminally insane person. And I thought he was fantastic. Okay. And so do we learn where the, the Joker's makeup and face and scars and all that comes from? Is that part of the origin story? Does uh, they it, deal it, with that? It's not front and center, but uh, no, not really. Not really. Well, how could they not? That's I mean, you're, you're I doing mean, the he, story on the play, Joker. He, he you're play, you're, he's you're a doing clown. the origins. He's a clown. You know, his, his, his job. That guy amuse you? <laughs> oh, not that kind of clown. Okay. <laughs> Pesci is not no. in this movie either. He <laughs> but, plays but nuts. But De Niro is. Yeah, but he <laughs> plays crazy guys. No, I mean, he. without giving too much away, his uh, Arthur Fleck plays a fledgling stand-up comic who's also a part-time clown. So that's where the origin of the makeup comes from, yes. All right. I understand. And it's a dark movie. If you're going into think, think of course you're saying, it is. Even though hey, you all know, the Batman movies well, were no, dark, but this one is especially dark. Well, I mean, it wasn't like you know Adam West, you know, back in the day where Pow Smash, right? Kabam. <laughs> no, and it wasn't Cesar Romero playing a sprightly little Joker and Frank Gorshin playing a happy <laughs> the, little Riddler. Riddler. Yeah. Okay, so um, I recommend it though because right. of, because of the acting job. All right. So the. Uh, 
So as I referenced before, 50 years ago, Monty Python's Flying Circus. And this is like some, this would be a perfect example of kids ask your parents. They were, they're legendary. They were, they were, you know, the, the, the comedic force to come out of Britain and whether it was movies or you saw a lot of, if you watch it, PBS bought up the, showed a lot of the Monty Python's Flying Circus Monty Python, The Life of Brian, the, the movie they made, and, and now for something completely different is wonderful. One of the all-time great scenes and songs, because they wrote songs too, like Lumberjack is a very famous song. So one of the famous songs I was singing before, but it, it needs to be, I think we all need to sing along with, the, um, with Monty Python on the Flying Circus, and it's Every Sperm is Sacred. Every sperm is sacred, every sperm is great. If a sperm is wasted, God gets quite irate. Every sperm is sacred, every sperm is great. If a sperm is Wonderful. <laughs> Monty Python, The Flying Circus, spectacular. Speaking of Monty Python, one of my favorite movies of all time, and, and I still laugh hysterically every time I see it, and it, it incorporates Monty Python, A Fish Called Wanda. Mm-hmm. You've seen that. John Cleese. Unbelievably funny. The first yeah. time I saw it, I think I, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, the, the Cleese and Palin and Eric Idle and that together and apart. And, and they Jamie all Lee Curtis wonderful. doesn't hurt the movie either. Yes, indeed. So, and the the Black Knight I frequently referenced in the when when teams would talk bravely and being in tough situations. Right? It was just just a, a flesh wound when when he gets his arm cut off. Just a flesh wound. Let's go. <laughs> it's all for. Appendages cut off. Just a flesh wound. Another one. Chicken, come back. Chicken, come back. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, oh, by the way, there was this. I saw this tweet. I don't know how it, why it showed up on my Twitter timeline, but somebody tweeted out that there was a, a there's a picture of Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens. Also a good movie. Starring in La Bamba. Mm-hmm. Right. And the comment was recently seen. On American Island, American Airlines flight, Airlines flight, and Lou Diamond Phillips retweeted it with a comment: um, "An airline flight might not be the best place to view this film." Just saying. Yeah, right. The story yeah. of Reggie <laughs> Valens going down in the cornfield. All right, we'll take a break, and as we descend into uh, some cornfield as part of Saturday suckage. We, uh, we talked about the Cubs and whether you think Theo's the answer, top of the hour. 
Well, Theo's going to be here. We, we ask whether you can get it right, and what does he have to do to get it right? Top of the hour, we'll talk to Paul Solomon, see if he has any firmer grasp of why Joe Madden was fired after Theo says all those nice things about him. We talked about the Bears and where their offense is. We can talk about the Bulls at some point, too, right? We can. In fact, we'll be coming back with Bulls news. They'll start their exhibition season. We have news here on the score. Saturday suckage lives. It just oozes into other areas of the radio station. <laughs> he's Schuster. He's the Max Scherzer of Saturday suckage. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday suckage. Now I can't even get mono in my headphones. Before, I couldn't get stereo. Now I can't get mono. Oh, Sam Darnold. He got mono. SC football is going so bad that even the Jets quarterback went down. That's, my alma mater sucks. It's really an embarrassment. Um, so we're Saturday suckage, which is a perfect way to talk about SC. Uh, speaking of sucking, did you see the, the part of our childhood was sold this year, this week? Sports Illustrated? Oh, yeah. Mm, Maven became the proud <laughs> owner-operator of Sports Illustrated. Now, this was, this was a Bible when we were growing up. Kids, ask your parents. It was you waited for it to come each week and, and brilliant pictures and spectacular writing. I mean, that's where the sports literary stars were. So Maven bought this and... They said, they tweeted out, we have exciting plans to revitalize and strengthen the iconic magazine and website. And I think they had a world indoor record for ratio on Twitter. (laughs) It was about a million to one. One response was from a woman named Emma Spann, now managing editor of The Athletic, formerly of Sports Illustrated. She retweeted... Mrs. O'Leary's cow says, we have exciting plans to revitalize and strengthen the iconic wooden buildings of Chicago. (laughs) Nicely played. Did not Sports Illustrated have a massive bloodletting this past week? Because Maven Maven came in, decided they were going to cut everything, and then they were going to have people pay them to write for that magazine. And they're going to hire social influencers. And as Michael Farber... Um, spectacular writer, legendary writer, and he wrote for them for 20 years, um, tweeted out, influencers at Sports Illustrated were writers, editors, and photographers. And that's so true. And now it's just become, it's going to become the kind of thing you don't want to be a part of. And people were told they won't be a part of it, I guess. Whatever their their job is to save, they'll go find somebody skilled at at running stealing somebody else's video stealing somebody else's post and 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 having them sign away all rights and pay you 30 bucks to be put up on Sports Illustrated's website. Yeah, I was one of the many people that looked forward to my issue of Sports Illustrated and I've been sure. I've been a subscriber for honestly decades at this point. But uh, my feeling for the magazine, the publication, has certainly waned over the last few years. And, and you know, nowadays, obviously, you, if information 
instantly is at your fingertips in so many other ways that by the time Sports Illustrated comes out, it's old news. And their features are but their, just... their website is up to date. You can still... Yeah. You're right. It is It is old news. It's still wonderful writing. They have spectacular... Well, they had spectacular writers. I don't know what's left after the... There, was, there were so many great articles and great writers over all the years. But like I said, it's just not the same for me. So when my subscription is up, I'm not so sure. Uh, 773 Texture, yes, you're right. About the best song Monty Python ever did. You have it right. We cannot play it on the radio, but you're right. Um, tweet from Chris Kampka, which is weirdly interesting. The Cubs' last pitch thrown every year during the Joe Madden era. Chris Kampka, of course, is the Sultan of the Stat at NBC Sports Chicago. It's 2015, Hector Rondon threw the last pitch. In 2016, Mike Montgomery threw it. And that, of course, was the golden pitch, the the at last, the finally pitch. 2017 was also Mike Montgomery. 2018, Justin Wilson. And somehow this is fitting and symmet- there's some symmetry here. 2019, the last pitch of the Joe Madden era, not just the season, but the Joe Madden era was thrown by Ben Zobrist. Well, they were intertwined for so long yep. in two different locales. So, yes, it is. And, and probably that was the last, I don't think he batted uh, after that. So that was the last act probably in his baseball career, likely. And so we have Bulls news, do we not? Do we not? They, they play, they're going to play their version of accountability basketball tomorrow? Not tomorrow, Monday. They have four Monday, games, four games no this upcoming idea. week, Monday, Wednesday at home, Friday and Sunday on the road. They have, uh, what is that, four games and six nights, whatever it is. Are we going to hear them on the score, David? Yeah, we're going to hear them on the score, all the games right here, preseason, po- uh, regular season, and maybe postseason, maybe. Um, sure, that's the goal, John Paxson said, as he, as he ruined the word accountability for Theo Epstein, and that's why I hate that word now. Jim Boylan throwing out the word playoffs also, so we'll see. I mean, they have a, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's guarded optimism, I'll say that, over at the Advocate Center. They have to stay healthy. They need, obviously, production, not only from the two players they are calling now to be borderline superstars in Markinen and Levine. They need other guys, obviously, to stay healthy, and they need their young players to make contributions at some point. Like Markinen and Levine are their young players. Well, they're young, yes, but I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm ta- I'm talking about even younger than them. Okay, so what about our score programming on Bulls games? Uh, starting this season, I will be the pregame, halftime, and postgame guest on all broadcasts. Yes, that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. And since I'll be, you'll be terrific. Yes, yeah, that's your team, your sport, your your love. That's great. Yeah, since I love basketball, it's a passion of mine. Even during the Tim Floyd era, and Lord knows you had to be a real basketball junkie to like that. Yes. Um, I still got a thrill out of watching basketball. Sure, so, yes. who wouldn't get a thrill out of Cornell David? <laughs> the, the Michael Jordan of Hungary. <laughs> yeah, of Hungary. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wow, that's a scary thing. So, yeah, I, I'll get a, to work along with, uh, obviously, Chuck Swirsky and Bill Wennington. Bill Wennington is one of my favorite people. He's so funny. Yes, he is. He's so funny and, and such a good-natured person. Chuck also. So yeah, Chuck looking... is all passion. All He's relentless passionate yes he's and nice and we speak the same language when it comes to basketball so it'll be great well uh a good it's good news for score listeners good news for score bulls fans we will take a break when we come back we'll see if paul sullivan of the chicago tribune has an answer 
to why Theo fired, why not fired, why Theo declined to bring back Joe Madden. Saturday suckage, you kind of figured that out, didn't you? Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.